1: What is going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. Proud partners with the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at PigskinPodNet on Twitter or you can search the hashtag TPPN. We are here today to go over some of the NFL schedule that released yesterday. We'll give you guys kind of our reactions, overreactions to that. We'll talk a little bit of Marvel Corner as well. It has been a while quick thoughts probably on moon night and it's kind of weird story and like no linking anything and then obviously into massive yeah that's true that is true it's still there could be things that change uh the uh and then obviously the just like massive just like mind f you that dr strange was for a lot of things which j- again we will give you fair warning when we get there, but there will be major spoilers when that happens. So if you have not seen Multiverse of Madness, do not stick around and watch that. But Matt, a lot of interesting things have been going on the past couple of days. We were just talking, you know, Wondell Robinson has now gained three inches in a matter of months. I, I heard that there are socks that do that for you, so I'm looking into that. Uh, but outside of, you know, people just randomly growing three inches, how is everything going for you tonight?
2: I mean, it's been going pretty well. Uh, I heard that Wandale visited like a Renaissance festival and asked to get put on a rack and, you know, just tightened out a little bit. You know, I need I need to
1: try one of those a Scarborough Fair is here in Texas right now. Like, again, I don't love being five eight. I'm the shortest at the website. It's not fun. I need to be taller than Colin. Colin's really 58 too. But he likes to say he's five ten, just like I do. So I'd love to find out a way to just be a little bit taller than Colin. I don't have to be the shortest.
2: Maybe. Maybe you just need to spend some time with Tom Cruise's agent Because I believe he wears some kind of lifts oh, I'm sure
1: he does I just need to get the leg surgery I don't know if you've seen this and We're just going to go completely off the rails here it was on Twitter, I and I saw the I video. Did you see that video?
2: Where they lengthen your bone out, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: See, I uh, it nah. made me sick to my stomach. I couldn't finish it. I was like, nope, nope, I'm out. I'm out. I'll buy the socks. That's fine. Well, that,
2: I don't know if you've been watching Winning Time, but... No, uh, I haven't. That's the part that sort of cracks me up. It's like the big thing about Magic Johnson. So Winning Time was the rise of the Lakers yeah. dynasty starting in 79. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I believe, it's like 7-2. He was, Magic Johnson was 6'9", which is why it was so weird for him to be a guard and stuff. I know that you're dealing with the actors or whatever, but they all fundamentally look like they're about the same height in the Lakers locker room and not that much taller than their coach, Pat Riley. I've seen Magic next to Pat Riley in real life. They're not the same height.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, um, (sighs) I said, I know, I want to say, that there, I've seen it on Instagram. I'm just going to buy them and record a video. It's like, I swear it socks. And like the person draws a line on their shin. Then they put their socks on and they put, the, put their foot in the shoe. And then they put it back and you've grown like two inches. Like that's all I want. I'm going to buy some for the expo. So when I show up, I can be taller than Colin. I seem to find it on Instagram. But enough of that. There are, again, a lot of stuff that happened with the schedule. If you haven't seen the Chargers one, by the way, that was epic. There's a lot of little... Uh, Easter eggs in there as well. The Urban Meyer throwback, which I thought was kind of hilarious. You had the AB's discarded helmets in the, uh, the dumpster. Um, the end of Legion of Boom in Seattle. There was just a, a lot of interesting things in there. But Matt, what was kind of the uh, main thing that stood out to you? Oh man, I jumped right past the news. Yeah. There was some very interesting news things that happened. You we probably talk about Jarvis Landry returns home. He signs with the New Orleans Saints. What um what are your thoughts on the impact for Michael Thomas who we know in the past although he hasn't played in practically 2 years was a fantasy all-star and then they just drafted Ohio State wide receiver Chris Olave.
2: Yeah, so it's interesting uh the Saints went from a team that had no wide receivers at the end of last year to now um now we have to wonder what the split is, you know, it's fair to wonder about Michael Thomas. It's been 2 years since we've seen uh, real games, um, you know, real solid performances. A lot of us were kind of hype on Chris Olave going there, be- in part because of the opportunity. I still like Jarvis Landry. I think he still has uh, something left. It's arguable about whether Cleveland used him well in the last year or so that he was there. Uh, so I'm excited to to see what he can do going down in New Orleans. Jameis Winston. We've seen them light it up before. How how does that impact? And I think the other thing you have to start thinking about is you get more of these receivers and getting them involved. They still have Adam Troutman, who they have at times mm-hmm. hoped was going to develop into something. What is this going to do to the passing game share for Alvin Kamara, um, too? You know, And is Kamara going to be available you know he's another guy that has some legal issues hanging over so the new orleans offense remains a mystery i like that they've added some more pieces uh i am decently excited i don't know if i'm counting on any of those guys to be more than i think one of them ends up being a solid wide receiver three i don't know that any of them ends up in the top 24 for me
1: Yeah, I actually think right now I would take the bet on Jarvis because he's going so much later than the other two. Now, granted, some of that is likely because
0: he he wasn't
1: on a team, but I – I also think he's just – we saw how great that connection was between Godwin and Jameis in Tampa Bay, and Godwin mostly played in the slot, which I imagine is where Jarvis is going to return to and have Michael Thomas and Olave on the outside. And we know, we've talked about it, while Brady comes back in Tampa Bay is probably still the favorites in the South. The way New Orleans has been making moves this offseason, it seems like they clearly believe that they are contenders this year. And that move signifies that as well. Um, I think he's got a chance to probably be a wide receiver three, but I'm with you. I, I don't see if, if any of them make it up there, I still think it's only one like, and and I honestly yeah. think it, it might end up being Olave Cause I just, I don't know what to think about Michael Thomas. That's kind of my big Can concern he even so stay last, on the field. <laughs> yeah. I mean, last I heard he's still rehabbing and, and had another setback. So I don't even know what to think about Michael Thomas at this point. Unfortunately, Brian Edwards has been traded to the Atlanta Falcons. They just seem to be going for these big contested catch guys. They got the Twin Towers and Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Now they add Brian Edwards. I mean, is this just the case of he's moved, people are excited, move on from Brian Edwards as quick as possible? Or are you actually buying low on him?
2: Uh, so... It would be hard for me to buy shares of a player that I, I apparently fundamentally roster everywhere. Um, I thought it was a great move for both sides. It clearly wasn't really working uh, for the Raiders. They like what they have in Hunter Renfro. They went and got Devontae Adams. They have Waller. It wasn't. It wasn't happening there. They get a seventh round pick. They get something. Atlanta. That is not a huge investment. And Atlanta, with Calvin Ridley still, it appears more and more likely. I haven't heard anything about an appeal or anything that he's just out for this season. You have London. That's that was good. We loved that draft because there was literally nothing there behind him. There's still literally nothing in that wide receiver core. Willamidi Zacchias exists. Frank Darby exists. They had somebody else that Dennis pulled the name out when he arrives. I'm sure he'll remember. But I love this as an opportunity for Brian Edwards because we liked Brian Edwards. I know the three of us liked Brian Edwards coming in. Never really worked for the Raiders. If he can't get on the field and earn a starting spot opposite London and Pitts here, it's never going to happen for him. But if he does, I think there's still some potential for him to have some fantasy-relevant games. Now, what does that mean? wide receiver 4, wide receiver 5. I don't think, you know, I if London makes it up into the upper tier of wide receiver 3, I'm going to be thrilled. I still don't think Atlanta's going to have an incredible passing game. But you have a lot greater chance of having Brian Edwards be a potential deep league flex consideration for you where he is now than if he would have stayed with the Raiders.
1: Yeah, I mean his value Increased a little bit because let's just be honest, it was at zero at this point. So that's going probably a Atlanta, negative
2: five.
1: Yeah, that's probably even a better way to put it. it, it it's it's at least a positive. Like I'm not going to read too much into it. He was a guy that I liked coming out of college. Had the 18 year old breakout age. Like he was a guy that a lot of people liked. The injuries kind of slowed him down. You know, we've seen sometimes all these guys need is a change to a new team. Like could he end up being? I mean, just the team that he left, right? Could he end up being like a Nelson Aguilar who leaves the Eagles, who was like everybody wanted him out of there. He was nothing. And while he was never a fantasy superstar, he still won people some leagues with a couple of the years that he had. Like I could see that happening at Atlanta. So he's definitely, as you mentioned, going to be at least the third target behind Pitts in London, but maybe that suits him better. He kind of was forced into that number one role for the Raiders at times, and he's just not that guy. So maybe he fits in better there and, you know, obviously the, the QBs is kind of the interesting thing for him. Uh, it's it's a, clearly a step down when you go from Derek Carr to Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter, as much as I love Ritter. Uh, but I, I definitely think it's a, a interesting spot for him, to say the least. So I, I think it's a, a little bit of, of move up. And, hey, if you can move him for like a, a second or a third, if you're in a, a rookie draft right now and third round and there's someone you really want, like, I'd probably do it. Probably do it just to just to get out of it and, and take my chances somewhere else.
2: Yeah, and on the flip side, he might be on your wire. I, I think yeah. you know, I stashed Olymidi Zacchaeus a couple of months ago in some places just because at the time he was it for Atlanta. I would rather stash Edwards. All right,
1: so we've got the schedule. Opening night is a very good one. Oh, there's Dennis. What's going on, Dennis?
3: Hi. Man, uh, inopportune time for my computer to decide to decide to uh, update. So, uh, sounds like I missed the Brian Edwards talk. Oh, no, jump I in. Mean... We
1: just finished it. If you've got any thoughts, go right ahead. Man,
3: so I feel like it, he's a not as good Drake London, so their skill sets kind of overlap. So, he feels redundant there. Um, I do think there's an – uh opportunity to uh get some playing time and maybe maybe there was something that he just didn't click with David Carr Derek Carr um and so maybe there you know, you know he's the type of receiver I think Mariota needs you know those big receivers with big catch radiuses to help uh uh make him seem a little more accurate, but
2: actually, uh, you know, you just brought up something that I think we forgot when we were chatting about Mariota was the backup. Edwards had to have been on the second team. I bet those guys already have some built-in chemistry. Yeah. So,
3: you know, it, it, it's possible that there's some there, there, um, but it's also possible that, you know, there's not. So, I'm not going out and actively acquiring new shares. I've, I think I'm down to like five or six shares. So I'll ride those out and see how they play out.
2: I'm, I'm content with that. So I never left Edwards Island. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure I have double digit shares. If I have a single, I I
3: didn't, I didn't cut him anywhere, but I was able to move him in some trades. But, again, it's, you know, I hope it works out for him. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I think I've only got two, and I, it'll actually be one, because I'm my longest-running Dynasty League, we're switching things up this year, and we're switching it to where we can only keep eight players and everything's going back in the pool, and we're kind of starting over. So, it's whatever. I've won, like, two of the last four championships. So I feel like since I was on board with it, everybody else was. It's cool. It's whatever. You want to keep people interested. There were some pretty bad teams. So, you know, kind to redo some stuff, allow everybody to get back into it. But anyways, the schedule opening night should be a really good game. In my opinion, who it should have been in the Super Bowl: the bills versus the Rams. Matt, what are your thoughts on us getting Matt Stafford, Allen Robinson, Cooper cup, uh, my goodness! The return of Von Miller back to L.A. after winning a Super Bowl, right? Because he's with the Bills yep. now. You got Josh Allen, Gabriel Davis. I mean, it should be a great game.
2: And according to rookie drafts I've been in, the God James Cook.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. He's probably going to have a Kareem Hunt type of <laughs> uh, opening night, right?
2: You know, this continues a trend. We've we've had some really great opening night games. Opening night of the NFL season is probably one of the most anticipated nights for all fans because it's been such a long stretch since you had meaningful football. You know, your appetite gets wet by the uh, by the preseason where we watch you know four quarters of a Hall of Fame game, even though we can't recognize any of the players. Uh, but that opening night, uh, there's something special about it. I love the matchup. I think it's going to be potentially a lot of fireworks. It's going to be fun to watch. Part of me is a little disappointed since these two teams are playing that it didn't come later in the season because it could be like a Super Bowl preview or a playoff preview because these are both uh, big contending teams. But it will be a great way to kick off the season. You know, I I think
3: Von Miller um, wants to show that he can still play. And the offenses are kind of different with uh, – they, well, they both pass a lot with Josh Allen's rushing ability. Um, it'll be interesting to watch the matchup with him and Aaron Donald. Yeah. You remember, well, Ben Roethlisberger was never the rusher that Josh Allen is. They're both that big 265, 240-pound, 250-pound – Early in his career, Ben Roethlisberger was virtually impossible to bring down. And it'll be interesting to see that if uh, if Darnold gets his hands on um, uh, Allen, if he's able to bring him down or will Allen be able to shake him. The running back thing, you know, I, I'm struggling with, a little bit with James Cook. I, there's part of me that's like, yeah, he's got good enough size. He's not just a satellite back. And then there's part of me that's like, well, if he is a satellite back, doesn't that make him and Devin Singletary redundant? So then how is it that Zach Moss is getting the boot if James Cook and Devin Singletary just do the same thing? So I do struggle there. I'm I'm a little more excited to see the Gabe Davis breakout. Um, that's the one I wanna watch. That and uh, Allen Robinson's resurgence. Those are the storylines that I'm following. Is Davis going to be able – is Davis going to be able to step up consistently over the course of a season and be, you know, a top 30 wide receiver? And is Allen Robinson going to bounce back? I feel like Robinson and Cup could be top 12 wide receivers this year.
1: Yeah, I'm just ready for football to be back. I, I don't – you know, I, I'm I'm going to love every second of it. Obviously, we hope none of those guys get injured before them, but that – legitimately like Matt just says had a chance to be a Super Bowl preview already in week one opening night standalone game like that is one hell of a way to kick off opening night I I cannot wait for it couple interesting games though as well in week one I'm gonna be a hundred percent homer here in Cleveland versus the Panthers and I'll dive into that in a second why the second one, the 49ers and the Bears. Again, just because you got Trey Lance, who possibly could be starting, and then Justin Fields, the guy they decided not to take there at three, that could be a very interesting game. The Browns, Panthers is interesting to me. Uh, and Dennis, you'll get to hear this theory fresh because you were you uh did you missed the beginning where me and Matt were talking. I think there's a realistic shot that Watson is suspended for the entire season. I think that's why the Browns kind of put the put his salary in the way that they did with having, I think it's like a million dollars, or that's all that they owe him this year. And I think it's because they know or they have some inkling that maybe he's not suspended for the entire year, but it's most of the year. The Browns have yet to trade Baker Mayfield. I do not think they're going to cut him. I think there's a realistic shot that come week one, Baker is starting for the Cleveland Browns because Watson will be out. It's going to be very interesting to see him go up against the Panthers, who really seemed to be the one other team that was in for him, and then passed to take Matt Corral. And I brought this up to Matt, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, because I feel like this is 100% exactly what would happen to Cleveland as well. Sean Watson suspended for the entire year. Baker Mayfield's the starter. He's going to take the Browns to the playoffs, because this is a fairly easy schedule. They're going to get to the AFC Championship game. I don't even care if they get to the Super Bowl, whether they win it or not. And then he is not only going to get a walk get to walk away for free, because the Browns will have nothing on him anymore. He's on his fifth-year contract. And he's going to get paid. And he's just going to get to put up that middle finger and walk away from the city of Cleveland. And we're going to have to hope that Deshaun Watson is it for us. It's what I'm wishing now. Every night before I go to bed.
3: My the, the biggest opportunity I see in that theory is that the league doesn't have to do anything with Watson until the court case is decided. I, I do believe that once the court cases are done, he's in for a, probably at least a half a season. But I don't think, it, since everything has been pushed so far out with that, I don't think that there will be any resolution to it and Cleveland isn't going to uh text him on the bench they're going to they traded for him they're going to play him and if next season he, they don't have him because he's suspended well that's next season and, and we'll solve that problem when we get to it um i think they're holding on to bake i don't think they're going to cut him either i i believe that they think that he has some value and so they want to put him they they need to put themselves in a position from an you know they've got analytics guys in their front office, so they're just not going to give it away. They're going to say, "Well, we value him at X, and he's more valuable to us sitting on our bench all season because we can at some point recoup value." Because um, if will he if he's so if he's on the team all year and basically inactive, and then leaves and signs somewhere next year, do they get a comp
1: pick for him? I don't believe so. I'm not like, sure. I'm not sure how the – I don't remember how the comp picks No, work. I think comp picks is you have to offer them a contract and they and they turn it down. I don't think you get anything if a player just leaves as a free agent, do you? I'm almost positive. Actually,
2: I think you do get it if they leave as a free agent, but does oh, okay. it count if it's you at, at the if end of a rookie yeah. deal? I thought it was more players that you would – invested a second contract or had signed in free agency they got pulled but maybe comp pick would would be the best case i think the worst case scenario for them is that watson gets a 10 game suspension and what if this team is like 7 and 3 at the end of those 10 games what they'll go to watson by week 12
1: cuz they have a late what is it week 9 is their bye week they have a late yeah, bye week
2: they have a week 9 so if
1: he's suspended, I, I agree with Dennis on that part. Like if he's not suspended, they're playing Watson. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if Watson comes back in week fifteen and they're fourteen and zero. Watson will be the starter. It, I I don't think they they will plot Baker right down on the bench, and that'll be interesting. Well, so I just. There's just so many different ways that this could go for the Browns. It's going to be very intriguing to see what happens. Another interesting thing with that schedule release, we we didn't see it last year. Typically in week one, you get the Monday night doubleheader. For whatever reason, they switched it to week two this year. Yeah. It is the Titans-Bills uh for the early game, and then Vikings-Eagles, which is really kind of a crappy game if i'm being honest i don't know why you put that as the second game and
2: that is the game that is exclusive to abc which means it's on network television and everyone gets to see it and it, it starts only i think it's like an hour and 20 minutes after the other one so both those games will be on at the same time it was a weird flex the way that they uh did that
3: yeah, the Titans Bills at seven fifteen. Uh, Vikings Eagles at eight thirty.
2: Yeah, so they're both games will be yeah kind they'll of be on at the same yeah. time. I guess you you dip over to Vikings Eagles when the other. I, personally, I'm watching the Bills.
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like I, It's one of those things where typically those Monday night games, it it always seems to be like Denver or the Raiders in that second game most of the time. Or the Chargers. Yeah, like I would have loved to watch. Like I'm going to be honest. I have a feeling probably going to bed before that game even gets to halftime Because I'm just not going to care. Like yeah. I don't really have many Vikings and Eagles on my team. Uh, you know, I had Hurts last year in a redraft league. I'm probably not redraft. I'm not drafting him again this year, more than likely. So yeah, I'll be watching the Titans and Bills very closely. I love that it starts at 615 too. It's going to end. Well,
3: I roster Cook, Cousins, Jefferson, Thielen, Irv Smith, Uh, Jalen Hurts Miles Sanders I have A.J. Brown in a few places Devonta Smith, Goddard I don't have any Goddard, and I don't I don't have any Smith. I do have some
2: questions. But that's, that's the thing. So when they've done those doubleheaders in the past, they've pulled one up a little bit early, but you've had one that starts way, way late. Yeah. 8.30 Eastern is the normal starting time for Monday Night Football. So they are just one game pulls up a little bit early. But that's what I'm saying. Two games are happening at the same time. So that might be a little fun. But yeah. it
3: used to be like they do one at 7 and one at 10, I thought.
2: Yeah, that was exactly it. They would do like 7 and then one was like at 10.30 because I remember, you know, an 8.30 start time for me trying to watch the Broncos on a work day when I don't get up quite as early as Matt, but I still get up at 5 a.m. I was looking at like, that's right. I guess I'll just stay stay up and mourn because inevitably Denver lost those games in horrific fashion.
3: You know, talking about the, the Denver and their schedule. So here, you know, they start out with Seattle
2: and that's going to be a fun game just it's amazing Russell Wilson there for his whole career and the first game with his new team is right back there oh they played the from oh they, i know They planned well, it
1: 100% here's,
3: here's what I, here's the storyline for me in that game one russ wants to cook russ wants to show Pete, hey dude i've been t- i told you this for 10 years you wouldn't let me do it here's here's what it looks like from day one but the flip side of that is russ is a notorious slow starter and he was a slow starter on teams where he was doing the whole offseason program with, with his teammates for years and years and years. And he would still, the first four weeks of the season, he was just, you know, stumbling out of the gate by and large. Now he's in Denver where he's, he's having an offseason with these guys. But is he going to start slow? And you know, when he you know he want he wants to go back to, to Seattle, he wants to put up five hundred and four or five touchdowns and, and just crush Seattle and score a ton
2: of points. I also want that.
1: Yeah. I think he just wants to win, and I think he's got yep. the perfect team around him for that. Even if he starts slow, you just turn around and hand it to Javante Melvin Gordon, let that defense eat. Like
2: I mean he, he's by set all accounts
1: he was as a rookie right with what denver's doing right now like he's set up for what seattle was as a rookie now in denver so
2: by all accounts uh patrick sertan used to regularly pick drew Locke off in practice so i can't imagine it's gonna be a lot different in the game
1: (laughs) he's ready for it yeah so i was looking at i was wrong here about the brown schedule by the way it is Effing brutal right in the middle of the (laughs) schedule. I don't know how I missed that. Like the the first couple games, easy. Like they could easily be like four and one, four and two. Then they go Chargers. Patriots is questionable. Chargers, Patriots, Ravens, Bengals, Bills, Buccaneers. Texas oh, yeah, yeah. Ravens like my uh, goodness that is a rough great. schedule but if Deshaun Watson's a star that's gonna be a whole lot of fun to watch if not whew, that's brutal anyways is there anything that really stood out to to you guys I mean obviously we're all fans of different teams before we kind of dive into some of the uh the primetime stuff like was there anything that stood out to you guys whether it was from your favorite teams or just anything else on the schedule
2: well I, I thought the same thing um Denver has an interesting schedule going out uh, after last year where I don't think we had a single primetime game, or maybe we got flexed into one of those Sunday night games by accident. Uh, Now five primetime games kind of shows you the Russell Wilson effect, but the back six uh, for Denver is Ravens, Chiefs, Cardinals, Rams in LA on Christmas day, Chiefs, Chargers getting the Chiefs, Twice in four weeks in the last five games of the season was not exactly what the Christmas present I was looking for.
1: But so, a lot of fun, lot... right? I mean, potentially. I think Mahomes Wilson matchups twice at the end of the year.
2: And Herbert fun. and Stafford yeah. and Murray. I mean, and Jackson. I mean, those are there'll be six good matchups. It's just yeah. that's
1: yeah, yeah. As a, a fan, it's match. not not good for your heart, especially that time of year, too, right? Where we're all putting on a little bit more weight because we're eating a lot, we're stressing because of the holidays, and then added stress of these are really, really tough matchups.
3: Well, I'm a little more fortunate with the Lions since they suck so bad. They've got a little easier schedule this year. They close out so during the fantasy playoffs, they have uh the Jets, the Panthers, and the Bears. And while I expect the Jets to be improved, uh, the Panthers and Bears, are, I think, are going to – they're very winnable games. They also – they have Jacksonville in week 13. So from week 13 on, they've got three or four very winnable games. So while the Lions are likely to still struggle as they're rebuilding still this year, they do have some – they are kind of built good on offense with the, from the inside out. They've got one of the better offensive lines in the league. They've got Hawkinson. Who's good. Deandre Swift. Um, I'm on Ross St. Brown. And by what, by November we should have Jamison Williams back. So it'll be an opportunity for them to gel down the stretch as they kind of move into 2023 and still have, you know, well, I don't want them to pick like top three, you know. If they if they ended the C, ended twenty twenty two and had a top ten draft pick, I don't know that I would hate that as a Lions fan. But they have a they do have a stretch in the middle where they're playing Dallas, Green Bay, Seattle, New England, Minnesota, yeah. you know the Giants, Buffalo. So there are some games where they're going to have to play catch up. So there should be some fantasy opportunity for Detroit. Um, I think Houston's another one. I probably want to look at to see like what kind of fantasy opportunity are they going to have?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of interesting games. I was looking at the Chargers schedule, just being a big Justin Herbert fan and like their primetime games are, I mean, twice against the chiefs, they get the Rams, I think 49ers, uh, somebody else. Like I'm, I just, I can't wait. So Christmas, or uh, Thanksgiving slate obviously is a big slate as well with the three games on. This year, I think we actually get three really good games. Especially, I know the Lions got a lot of crap. There's all the talk they don't get any primetime games. They were very good last year. They were in a lot of very close games. They get the Bills. It's not really a great game for them, but I still think could be very interesting. Then you get Giants-Cowboys-Cowboys patriots vikings i mean you got kirk and kirk 2 at uh, kirk 2.0 at quarterback so like uh, I mean, the vikings
2: are getting the big run of uh primetime games so far
1: yeah i mean i guess we're expecting them to be improved but uh I, christmas day we go to packers at dolphins which makes no sense to me whatsoever i, I mean like, well I guess everybody believes in the Dolphins now that Tyree kill went there Broncos at the Rams and then Bucks Cardinals. Uh, I mean, any of those games really stand out to you guys?
3: Uh, I love the Bucks Cardinals. Um, you know, I, I, that I, I think that, uh, I, I don't think Tampa's has re-signed Sue yet. So they could, and, and it, I thought I saw something where they said kind of, it didn't look good that he'd be coming back. Um, At that late in the season, it'll be interesting to see how Kyler Murray's health holds up, and that you know they should they'll have DeAndre Hopkins back by then. But with James Connor, Keontae Ingram, um, you know they've got Zach Ertz. They have some things, some weapons to allow uh, Murray to maybe not run if they if they can keep uh, defenses off Kyler Murray and keep him healthy. uh, That's going to really be a, a big thing there. And now, and I know Brady keeps doing it year after year after year, but I think we're at the point in his career where we have to start looking at late season fades and the potential for it. I mean, I get that he's doing things, you know, he's, he's the ultimate outlier when it comes to fitness. But at some point, I mean, they all, you know, father time is undefeated. And at some point I think some things are going to start to show. And having to rebuild that offensive line around him, uh, I feel like there is some potential that he could be under a little more pressure than he's been used to the last few years.
2: Six years from now when we're, again, talking about a late season fidge for then 51-year-old Tom Brady. Is this we'll the year? See how we feel when Fox's contract option on him has already lapsed. <laughs> um, I'm obviously excited about uh, – seeing the Broncos play the Rams, you know, uh, Wilson was a thorn in the side of the Rams uh, frequently when he was with Seattle, even games where he thought that the Rams should win. um, Somehow they just couldn't, couldn't pull it out. So I think that's an interesting one. I'm with you that that early game really depends on how the season goes. I know you're, you have your questions about Miami. I think it's fair to have some questions about green Bay too. I think green Bay probably makes the playoffs but I don't think they're gonna look like that dominant 13-win team they've been the last three years. There's only so much you can give uh you know of core pieces before you start to change their their whole playing style might be markedly different because they took a lot of defensive a- pieces Dillon. in the draft at their best. Players on offense, if you took out Rodgers, are decidedly their two running backs. I'm beginning to wonder if we're going to see like an Aaron Jones, Levy on Bell type season where he's out there playing slot wide receiver.
1: Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm not that worried about it. Maybe it's just I believe in Aaron Rodgers so much. I mean, I've seen him make guys I didn't even realize were in the end. He believes in himself, too. I helps. know, he does. He believes in himself enough for all three of us and many more. Uh, but, yeah. I don't
3: believe. That, uh,
1: that defense – I mean, that defense is still going to be really good. I, I And that division, I just don't think – like. And I'm not just saying this because Dennis is in real. I think the Lions have a chance to be the second best team in that division. So maybe you guys were just a year too early on them, just like I was with the Chargers. Like, maybe. Hey, so No, yeah, two, I, years. I, was was two
2: years. It was back. It was back. I went all in on them winning the division when Patricia was still there and Stafford was there.
1: All right. So the main thing that we're going to talk about before we go into the Marvel corner here is is the bye weeks. It's done very differently this season. Typically, you see—I think they usually start right around week six, but it's usually like a couple teams here and there. Sometimes four. It's pretty brutal in some of these weeks. Week nine, you have six—is it six teams? Am I remembering that correctly? Six teams on the bye, six teams off, and then week fourteen.
2: Has six teams
1: teams as well, which is obviously a massive week because that's the last week before playoffs. You play in Scott Fishbowl. That's the first week of the playoffs, and you've got all these players going on or all yeah all these players going on by. I mean, what what are your guys? Do you factor that in at all for redraft? Obviously, for dynasty, you're not going out there like, well, I better trade these players because. But for redraft leagues, for those of you who still play in them. Does that matter to you when you're drafting your teams? Do, do you try to avoid too many players being on one massive bye week? I'll be honest with me. I don't pay attention to it one bit. If I end up with half of my team on one bye, then I just assume I'm going to have one loss and I'm going to go undefeated the rest of the season. Like that doesn't factor in as much for me, but how do you guys approach it when it comes to bye weeks and redraft weeks? I
3: When I draft teams, I honestly, I don't look at the bye weeks at all. I just I draft what I think are the best players available at that pick and I build my team. And then if I need to make moves, you know, that's a good thing about redraft is there's players available on the waiver wire. So once you've drafted your team and all of a sudden you look and you just start three wide receivers and you have six wide receivers on your team and you look and all of a sudden four of them are on on the same bye week just because it's a stupid 6 6 team bye week well then you can go and like well who's you know I'm going to churn somebody and get me another wide receiver off off the waiver wire you know in dynasty it's it's different in dynasty you end up starting somebody because you you've got 25 30 35 40 man rosters depending on what your uh team setup is so I I get that there's people out there that use the whole bye week stacking methodology where they're like, I want to get as many of my players on the same bye week as I can, because I know that that one week I'm not going to have a feasible team. I'm going to take the L and I'll just move on and I'll go I'll go 13 and one. I don't know that that seems like an awful lot of work, too.
2: Yeah, I generally don't concern myself too much with buys. You hope it works out dynasty. I don't think you can think about bye weeks at all. I mean, most of us had plowed through 50% of our rookie drafts before the NFL schedule even came out. What I do think is you have to look – What's unfortunate is it's that week 14, which is either going to be the last week when you're trying to play yourself in or maybe the first week of the playoffs. And it's it's basically, when I was looking at that, it's one position that, that gives me pause. So you have the Falcons, Bears, Packers, Colts, Saints, and Commanders out. There are five probably very fantasy-relevant running backs in that group, including this is the second year in a row now that Jonathan Taylor – Who, you know, when he's been on and when Frank Reich has remembered that he exists, has been a huge difference maker in your fantasy season, is going to be missing in that crucial slide. It was either week 13 or 14 last year, too, where he was 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 out. Yeah, it was where he was out. I think it was the exact same spot. And it's like, cool. Um, But this, you know, potentially uh, Kamara is missing there david montgomery aaron jones aaron Rodgers, um the commanders know, here. <laughs> well no. that wasn't I... one of the five antonio gibson was <laughs> gonna, gonna be the one mclaurin i think that's where you kind of have to look like when it happens in the middle of the season bye weeks and injuries i mean are just part of the game that you're playing around i think the real the real concern now would be this is a couple of weeks a couple of years in a row where the NFL has had late bye weeks and this year in particular they weren't afraid to stack six teams that far out that will have an impact on on fantasy if you're you've got Jonathan Taylor and you're scrapping to make the playoffs and then now you don't have Jonathan Taylor and you have to play like CEH yeah that's about so,
3: you know as I'm looking back through these bye weeks so, w- no bye weeks in week 12. So, in the middle, it's of-
2: Thanksgiving.
3: Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah.
2: They never do it in Thanksgiving week week sense. 12 because they have the three Thursday games. Nobody is ever out in Thanksgiving yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense then. It's just, it's weird though. You've got
3: two weeks with two teams and two weeks with six teams and they're back to back. I-, I don't know. Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. It's I- I very, very, by the-
3: I wonder if that's affected by the European games.
2: Yeah, Probably. and it looks like a lot of the teams got uh, – but there is uh, one set of teams because one of the international games is in um, week 11. So I know that whichever teams were there – I think it's Cardinals and 49ers. I think it's in the Mexico game is week 11. They won't get to have – they play on a short week, and then they'll they'll come back. There's some. It doesn't even always have to be a bunch of teams on a bye. I'm looking at week 8 when the Chiefs and Chargers are out with the fantasy-rich – Offenses that you have there. I mean, that could be pretty brutal too.
1: All right. So you guys have anything else you want to mention about the schedule or.
2: So I, I noticed this, this can be interesting because of the way the the calendar falls and stuff. You think of New Year's Day, I know, has traditionally been a day. You get up, you watch the Rose Parade, you watch a few college bowl games. It's a okay. Sunday this year, and there is a full 14-game NFL slate. I would not be surprised if there are zero college bowl games on New Year's Day because there's an NFL slate morning to evening. That's They're playing 14 games. They have no games on Saturday that week, which is probably a deference to the national semifinal games. But I'm going to be curious to see – the college bowl schedule and what they do.
1: I would think Saturday will probably be the playoff games for sure. I still think they'll play the Rose bowl on Sunday. They ain't moving the Rose bowl for nothing. I'm just telling you that right now. They'll still play the Rose bowl on Sunday. I don't think they'll care. There'll be enough people who will still turn in. I'll be watching it. I don't care. The Browns are not going to be in it at that point. So I'll be watching I'll be watching whatever. Well, more than likely, let's see if it's like Northwestern so versus. No, I'm gonna
2: go whatever. look because the Sunday night game that week uh, looked like it was gonna be a pretty huge match. Let me pull it up. Well, they the Sunday play... night game is the Rams and the Chargers. Yeah, so that is an that. LA game on yeah. New Year's Day at night they won't play at well, night though. it'll
1: it'll it's like a usually a either cuz they do all the festivity stuff around noon and the game usually kicks off like at 2ish my time the, so like i Rose think Ball it'll be is done.
3: scheduled for 1 p.m. on monday january 2nd
1: oh ah! <laughs> i love it good because i'm hoping i'll be off that day so, I
3: think I think january before...
2: 2nd should be the holiday for yeah most of, that's hope. when
3: most of the observances are gonna happen is on well, january, i mean
1: so. look my job don't observe shit so uh, you guys might be off i might not be so i mean i'm just being honest if christmas is on a saturday like well you already have a day off i'm like hey, hey. can't say what i want to say just in case anybody's watching love my job all right so anyways gotta pay the bill somehow any other things we're gonna dive into Marvel. I want to give anybody who is listening right now, get ready to if you don't if you haven't watched a movie or if you have not watched a TV show, tune out. Thank you. We'll be back on Monday with who, Dennis? Chris Harris from the Harris Football Podcast. We'll have Chris Harris on. So I want to make sure to get that in Chris before be people stoked. tune out. Yeah. So we'll we'll have Chris Harris on. I don't know what we're gonna talk about yet, but we'll talk about some fun stuff with Chris and then obviously we'll be back again next Friday. If you have not watched the movies, if you have watched the movie, you want to hear our thoughts, please stick around, but there will be spoilers. Cause we will be talking about things that happened. Well,
3: I've not watched the movie
1: and
2: I don't care. Spoil it. All right, go ahead, Matt. Let's you'll let you have You'll have even better thoughts probably yeah. because of that. Yeah. Let's
1: do Moon Knight first, because I feel like that can go quicker. So kind of just... We haven't talked it at all, so kind of give... If you want to give like your quick thoughts about the series overall, and I'll give you mine, and we can kind of go Uh, from there.
2: I like Oscar Isaac as an actor. Uh, I liked some of the production values. But if there was ever a show that embodied the phrase WTF, it was Moon Knight. Um, I ended up... Uh, so I'm part of the Banana Meter and that was the first TV show that we were doing weekly ratings and I started probably lower than some people like in the 60% range Is by that the end
3: you evaluate male porn stars
2: My god no <laughs> No, <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh by the end I would say I I dropped it into the 40% cuz The last couple episodes in particular felt unsatisfying and made no sense. My wife actually looked at me and she's like, I don't even know what's happening.
1: Yeah, I... I enjoy, enjoyed it for what I think it's going to be, and it's almost going to be like a one-off series kind of thing. I, I don't know if it's even been renewed for a second season. I wouldn't. Yeah, they said it
2: was, was going to be a limited series, but now Kevin Feige says that Oscar Isaac's Moon Knight will be back at some point in the MCU, which is why I'm not convinced that it won't end up yeah. trying to be tied back to something else.
1: Like, I just, I found it interesting. I thought, like, obviously, I'm with you. I loved Oscar Isaac. I thought Ethan Hawke was good. It was Ethan Hawke, right? I always mix up him and Jude Law. Okay, good, just making sure. I always mix those two up for some reason. Um, The actress who played his wife, I thought was really good in the show as well. Like, I enjoyed it. I'm with you. After every episode, I was kind of like, what exactly is going on here? But, like, I thought he played the, like, multiple personalities things so well it was very interesting to me the two characters so i enjoyed it overall thought it was really good i wouldn't hate if it came back i'd, I'd still watch it no real spoilers or anything for that uh or any connection as we just mentioned so
2: how how can we spoil the show that's fundamentally hard to figure out
1: yeah so
3: uh, who who is moon knight like who are, who are the superheroes in
2: so he's like basically an
1: assassin. I, I always compare him to well, like dc's batman sort of he's but a little bit darker no, obviously batman's not an assassin dare you what what's wrong with that how
2: batman is an iconic legend my favorite yeah, superhero of all time moon yeah. knight no
1: Well the Marvel doesn't have a Batman. Like that's sort of their guy. He beats the crap out of people
2: so but this guy had supernatural powers too, which is is not exactly the same. So it's a guy who was dying that made a deal with a um I forgot his name. It's an Egyptian god. Yes. And I can't remember the Egyptian god of the Egyptian god of the the moon
1: revenge. Because
2: he 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 and he has you to
1: kill people after they've done bad things, pretty much. (laughs) He's done bad
2: things, yeah. Uh, and they were fighting with some other gods, and they went through time. And a there was a talking gods, hippo. I've,
1: there's like a I've heard of Tatwee. There was a couple gods in there like I've never heard of, and I I'm pretty the guy also my Greek has, and Egyptian mythology, and I was kind of like, I've never heard of
2: these. The Moon Knight uh, also has dissociative identity disorder, so not all of his personalities knew that he was a superhero aligned to a god. Um, so that was a big part of the early episodes. And I actually thought they handled that part in a fascinating
1: fashion. Yeah, that's... I was going to go... By the way, if you really want to get hit in the feels and emotional connection, watch the Marvel shows, not the movies. Because, my God. Like, they hit you with some real-life stuff with what happened to Wanda. Now, this one, you have, like, the racism like what it's... a good
2: segue
1: yeah that is a good segue anyways okay so let, let's let's go to dr strange really quick like i just want to get your overall thoughts on the movies and we'll talk about like the easter eggs spoilers the cameos What we thought about that because i did not hate it i know i saw Ricky i didn't hate
2: it either not
1: a fan um i did not think it was horrible um i thought it was good for what it was i've openly stated Doctor Strange is one of my least favorite characters in the MCU because I just don't find him that interesting or important uh, so I wasn't like going in expecting a bunch but I will say that with the cameos and what happened with Wanda and the kind of story of both of them in essence doing the same thing and Doctor Strange being made out to be the good guy and when Wanda was doing the same thing as him and she's bad because of it I found very interesting
2: yeah, and I point out that dichotomy. I'm also going to say, um, so I didn't hate it. Uh, I ended up giving it three and a half out of five stars when I first saw it. But since then, I've been thinking about it again. I'm actually slated to see it again tomorrow with a friend. Um, I think you get caught up in some of the excitement, and there are some fan service moments in there that, that get you going. And there are a couple of beautiful emotional moments. I love Elizabeth Olsen. As, as Wanda Maximoff, Scarlet Witch. WandaVision is still my favorite of the MCU shows done by Disney+. Plus. I obviously watched that show in a completely different way than the writers of this movie, because this movie picks up with a certain assumption about how that show ended that I did not have, and honestly was heartbreaking for me
1: that's fair and and i don't know how much of that though is wanda like i think you can still look at the show and view it the way you are and and the way i am and and how it is heartbreaking for what happens to her she loses the love of her life she just wants to feel good again and then the kids come all that other stuff i think with the specifically which i'm just gonna wrote the professor xavier part I think we see that this is more Scarlet Witch is doing than Wanda. I think when w- Wanda kind of is in there, but maybe not necessarily doing everything, and then she kind of makes the ultimate sacrifice at the end. And I think that's kind of Wanda coming back. Like, I I get what you're saying. I don't necessarily view it all that way. I think it was their way of making, maybe trying to separate. Because I also don't know that she's dead. There's that one moment. Well, she,
2: she is in one universe.
1: <laughs> well, I guess that's, well, see, I don't even know if she, it's, it's hard for me because they, there's the one moment right before the whole thing collapses where you see like the burst of red energy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in, why did I forget the name? WandaVision. I don't know why I just forgot the name of the TV show. The same thing happens when she disappears, when she's up in the air fighting Agatha. Is it Agatha? I always mix that yeah. part up. Okay. Okay. Agatha. So I'm wondering if she is. I mean, I would assume she is there to still bring her back now with obviously the multiverse and everything. But I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying though. I, 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 I. But
2: so I know that she decidedly wasn't heroic because of what happened with Westview and WandaVision. But I never at any point in time left that show thinking that she was the villain. Yeah. And where you begin with her coming back, it's not even go there. I So what I'm going to liken it to is another property that you and I both dearly loved, which is Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. They had, to me, the same problem that that show had with what they did to Daenerys, who was a character that you loved despite some of her flaws, despite some of her mistakes. And when you get to her final act, you – it's like there is an assumption that we've all decided that she is a villain that needs to be removed at all costs and that's the way dr strange and Wong were treating her that's the way everyone that was coming together to fight you know you get this incredible reveal of the illuminati and all the fan service of that moment they're all like oh yeah we've got to kill this broad she's the ultimate evil that was that's not a place that I was. And for the same reason that it was a struggle for me in the, the heart of eight season eight of game of Thrones, it was a struggle in this movie because I just, I wasn't there and I don't think they laid the groundwork enough. They needed to end one division in a slightly different way.
1: I think the, I guess the way I see it on that part of it is the reach they want you to take is not just losing vision, but losing her kids. And I think that's that's a leap that I could see someone taking because as someone with two young boys, just like she has in the show, like I constantly think about that. And if if any like I know a good friend of mine that is going through something right now with one of his kids, and my heart breaks for him and his family. And so to do that as like a, a, as someone who Again, as two boys that age, like I can take that leap if that makes sense, where you would do anything, and I mean anything, and hurt anybody to protect your children. And I think she consistently kind of makes that point, though, right? Like throughout the thing, she's like, why do I care if I'm going to sacrifice America? It's America Chavez in real life. That's not her name in the show, right? I can't remember what her name is in the, in the movie now.
2: No, America Chavez is her character.
1: Okay, cool. I got that right. I don't know what her name is in real life. Then she consistently says like, I'm willing to sacrifice her to be able to, because she also views it until the very end when she kind of has that wake up moment, right? Is she's trying to protect her kids. That's the way she looks at it. She wants to go find them, make sure nothing else ever happens to them again. So I understand that that part of it. I agree with you. I didn't love that they made her such a villain. And the fact that nobody else could understand that part of it either. Like it was all just nobody even tried to discuss. It, it was like, no, nah, you're just get out of here. You're you're evil. So I didn't love that part.
2: Well, I think they were trying to say she was possessed by that book. Because that book. that's the thing. In WandaVision, nobody had the power to make her give up that reality she created she was the one that didn't want to be a villain she she just she eliminated her own children it wasn't they weren't taken from her and that's the whole you know they were taken from me they were never real yeah also struggled a little bit with a with a you know somebody who's supposed to be late 20s or early 30s, I'm never going to have the kids unless I do all this dark magic to find them. Like, well, well again, not. that
1: could be the the dark hole part that we're, you were just mentioning. So, well, it, Don't all of, all of the
3: characters
1: at some point go through a
3: villain
2: stage in, in
3: Marvel uh, or DC? Like, Cap
1: doesn't ever... I guess Cap and Iron Man doing Civil War. Against I mean, another. arguably,
2: Captain America's just a villain the whole time.
1: Oh, come on now. I mean, he's just a goody two-shoes, and he's not a great character overall, but he's not a villain. He's just, you know, stuck up.
2: Hard, hard disagree.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm Team Iron Man. I don't really love Cap either. Yeah. Just saying, he's not really a then- No,
2: I mean, they all go through these yeah valley moments where you question, have you gone too far? I mean, that's, that's typical of superhero lore, but this to... To have gone all the way. I mean, that's why I likened it to Game of Thrones because essentially that was like in her quests.
1: I think the one thing with that is we've seen them go that route, but they quickly turn when they realize what they're doing. Wanda on goes and murders people, and I mean murders care. like it doesn't. Yeah, so,
2: that was the other thing. So let's get to the the fan service of the so, reveal of the Illuminati was incredible. I got by say, like. Really biggest quick bloodbath. <clears throat>
1: <laughs> so Ricky tweeted something out about that, right? He tweeted out like, if you, if you don't want your kids to see, something like, if you don't want your kids to see violence, don't take them to the movie or something like that. Yeah. You know, Matt, cause you were on with me last Friday. Like my kids want, my kid walked up to the microphone. I think <laughs> after we were off the show, I was like, I'm going to see Dr. Strange too. I'm like, yes, buddy, we're going. Cause I was not expecting that. We went and saw it. It's at times
2: day. like a horror movie.
1: Oh, it was a hundred percent.
2: Especially when he uses like an avatar of a dead, zombified version of himself. To yeah, face.
1: yeah. So we we went and saw this on Mother's Day, and after the movie, we come back home, and I talked. I call my mom to say, "Hey, happy Mother's Day." You know, again, my kids are her only grandkids, so they want to say happy Mother's Day to my my grandma. And my my parents love Marvel as well. They have not had a chance to happy go see. Happy Mother's yet. Day, Mom. I need a hug. Oh, so that, that's what I'm getting to. This is the fun part. So we're sitting there, we're talking to my mom, and she's like, Oh, how did you guys like Doctor Strange? And my oldest son, Grace is like, yeah, it was really good. We got to see new characters, this, that. My youngest son was like, it was great until all the murder. I didn't like the murder. My mom's like, murder? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah, <laughs> someone loses an eye. Someone got blown up. And I was like, Braden, she's like, the one lady got cut in half. And I was like, yeah. My mom's like, you guys saw Dr. Strange? I'm like, yeah, it was... Uh, yeah and so yeah it was a whole thing my youngest son was i mean not
2: happy but you're wearing that t-shirt today so i mean you're just staring well they, they the don't skin. watch
1: they don't watch they don't watch <laughs> walking dead i do like i that well that's the funny thing too like my i mean you may not know who slenderman is and all that other crap but like my son watches i I'm, I'm, i actually like,
2: sadly do know who Slenderman is. i have, like I have like to eight... watch a movie
1: very very like i'm i have a hundred percent sure someone is calling child protective services on me right now with me talking about the things that you you could
2: end up you could end up just fine i saw silence the lambs when i was nine
1: well that's oh yeah well that's the one thing i will say is that like he is terrified of that stuff but it was just it was not something i was expecting but you mentioned the illuminati we just mentioned all of the murder like obviously the big ones let's just go down the line in order so obviously first you get captain carter I don't think anything's really going to come of that. It was cool to see her in the movie. We had kind of talked about that after What If, right? Like, is it just going to be the cartoon thing? Do we see it in there? I know she gave an interview that said maybe we get to see more of that. I don't think we will. I think that was just a one-off. It was kind of, unfortunately, a horrible send-off for her. But I don't think we see anything else from her, (laughs) do
2: you? Uh, I wouldn't say I wouldn't rule it out, you know, since they've gone into the the multiverse thing. But at the same time, uh, the one one thing you would say, like the one sweetest happy ending that happened in Endgame was um, Steve and and uh, Peggy Carter. So it would be. I, I guess it'd be kind of cool to see it come back. I feel like we got enough of it and "What If" and we, and that kind of plopped in as as fan service there.
1: Yeah, uh, i mean again horrible way to go. Poor scrawny Steve sitting at home wondering when Peggy's coming back. I kind of hope happened. that
2: isn't the last time I see Professor X that, either, because that oh, was I know. a real that's, that was a real kick in. The-
1: that's the worst part about <laughs> it. Is like the more I look at, it, like, I think there's a realistic shot. We don't see many of these characters again. So like, we're getting like black bolt. I don't know that we get him back again. So to see him, that, that, made, be,
2: back, that made me laugh. So, so I don't know, the way it happened. Yeah. I mean, like you well, I, don't have a mouth.
1: Like you're sitting there. Like, you know, I saw the meme today and I didn't really think about it. It's like, give it to the smartest man alive to tell her how to kill the strongest guy there, like, oh, he can kill you with one word of his mouth. What mouth? And just brain blows up. I'm just like, oh, my God. So
2: the one that I really hope we we see again is for a long time. There has been a huge fan service clamor uh, to to see. Um, I just blanked on his name, Jim, Krasinski. Jim, John Krasinski uh, be. Reed Richards and if that's the only time that happens I'm going to be really bummed because I am all in on him and Emily Blunt being Reed Richards and Sue Storm in Fantastic Four the movie so and I this would did that. little to diminish my enthusiasm for Yeah,
1: I, I think he's the perfect Reed Richards I don't know that Emily Blunt will do it though she's always seemed to be kind of against doing superhero movies she's given multiple interviews saying like she's not don't really into stream. that part But I don't, I, he's the one as well. I mean, him and Xavier, right? Like Black Bolt, we had the TV show. It was the same actor as well, which I thought was cool that they brought him back Mm -hmm. for the cameo. I don't think we see Inhumans. We've already got Eternals. Actually,
2: they're rebooting the Inhumans for Disney+. I mean,
1: Disney+, may do it right. The TV show first time was horrible, so Disney+, Plus might do it right. They're rebooting
2: it with some of the same actors, they
1: Well, I mean, I, I didn't. I don't know if the acting was horrible. I'm gonna be honest, I feel like the first episode I didn't watch it anymore. So you'd have to tell me if it was bad. But I I trust Disney Plus with yeah. what they've done. So they probably can make it good. Obviously, we wanna see Xavier horrible death for him as well. Uh, second
2: sometime, time that's happened because Logan yeah. already kind of crushed your crushed your hopes and dreams.
1: Yeah. And then and he
2: didn't did. didn't he get Got in one of the. He might have gotten got in the apocalypse. So this might be the third time. No apocalypse murdered. A he he survived. X. It,
1: he does the same thing where he goes into apocalypse's mind through the eye thing, but he doesn't die.
2: I or thought there was one broken. where he woke up in somebody else's body because he he had been killed.
1: Was he? I thought that. I thought was, it was uh,
2: apocalypse. But maybe that was the McAvoy version.
1: Uh no, maybe that was no. It was um. Apocalypse was the McAvoy version. I don't remember him dying, though. Is that the one where Phoenix kills him? Maybe that is the one. I think it's the third one. Oh, that's right. I
2: blocked it out. It's Dark Phoenix.
1: Yeah, yeah, Phoenix kills him. That's
2: right, and she kills... Yeah. She
1: disintegrates him. Yeah. So, probably a better way to go than getting your neck broken like that, but whatever, because you probably don't feel that. You're just kind of done. So, anyways... So hopefully we get him back. I'm with you on the Reed Richards thing. I, I do have a theory on that, but I don't know if it happens. In that I think the joke that Strange makes about weren't you big in the 60s? They're going to put think, it back in time. I think that he's in the Quantum Mania. I think he's there. I think the the Fantastic 4 are stuck in the quantum verse right now. Because we know uh-huh. that the scientists were digging into stuff like that, and I think read that like I think that'd be a good way to bring them in and introduce them. We know we're getting is it next year's Quantum Mania, Ant Man in the Wasp, yep. right? And we yep. know we're gonna see what's his name back. He I don't he who shall not be named. I can't remember what his name is, but King the Conqueror will be in that. I think that would be a cool way to bring them back in. Cause we I, almost possibly we've seen the logo for it. Right. So we know yeah. fantastic four is going to be here. We just don't know. Well, when. they
2: actually are working on a standalone fantastic four. film.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to think of what else was. They in just haven't there. ever
2: confirmed any casting. It's all long been rumored yeah. that Krasinski was playing Reed Richards and that could end up being both true and, and not, and not true.
1: true. Yeah. The, the last thing I'll, I'll mention, and then we kind of wrap that up because we're, we're over an hour now, is the one thing I did find very interesting. And I don't—I want to get your thoughts on this. I don't know if you noticed this at all, and I don't know what it means. But uh, when they're on, was eight one three? Is that the second Earth or the the main one that they're on yeah. with the Illuminati? Okay, so when they're on eight one three, Christine mentions that they are Earth six one six. That's what they've dubbed them, right? Yeah. Do you know that that reference has already been made in another Marvel movie? Oh, which one? It was made in Spider Man Homecoming by Jake Gyllenhaal's character, who is from Earth, though.
2: Oh, yeah. If
1: you go back to that scene where they first meet, he says, Yeah, that blah, blah. They're talking about the elementals. And he's like, Yeah, on your Earth, 616 which I find very interesting. Cause again, he's from that earth though. So I don't know what the connection is there, but I just found that very interesting. Yeah. I just didn't know if you had any thoughts on that. I I, I just kind of no. was talking with my friend about that. And we, we, he kind of like brought that up. I was like, did that happen? And I went back and watched it. I was like, Oh, you were right. So,
2: yeah. So it'll be, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how they're, how they're going, uh, and how the rest of this phase four plays out because, uh, I don't know it feels like it's been hit or miss spider-man was fantastic i really love shang chi the eternals was kind of interesting but it feels a little disjointed um but Maybe they're building towards something. You know, I the original, it feels a little bit like how I felt in the first phase where I was about to say. these movies were kind of all out there and you just didn't know what was going to happen. But now we're used to it all being part of this kind of interconnected master yeah. plan. And I feel like that plan hasn't been unveiled yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, we really didn't get an idea of what was coming until Avengers, right? Like, you got the Mm -hmm. little snippets that this was all connected, but it wasn't until Avengers, and then you really started to see the storyline coming together after that. I think that's what's coming. (coughs) Excuse
2: me. Well, because even this this ends, it says Doctor Strange will return. Yeah. But I don't know where he's returning, and, you know, he gets pulled with another time trap where, Uh, so maybe it's Quantumania, maybe
1: it's I can't remember what her name is. I, no, so she is a major thing with um. I forgot what the word is called where, where the two two universes come together. I forgot what that's called. I think if they're not doing Doctor Strange thing, uh, Doctor Strange three, I think he will be in whatever the next big movie is going to be. I think there's a chance that we see like a Secret War thing where it's like multiverses coming. Oh,
2: they you. are filming Secret Wars. Yeah, I forgot.
1: So yeah. I think that's what it probably is because that's I can't remember what her character name is now. Char- Charlie Theron is playing. I'm sorry. Clea, Clea, but that she's a main part in some of the Secret Wars stuff. So I think that's what there could be like Strange versus Strange. We could see an Iron Man come back, all that stuff. So, all right, any anything else you want to mention? I don't think there's anything else. I I will say, Iron Man
2: comes back. You better remember Peter Parker, else I'm out.
1: I found it very interesting that Strange did. I thought the spell No, was he to... didn't
2: remember Peter Parker. He remembered Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, People yeah, still right. knew Spider-Man exists. I did think it was weird that he talked about Spider-Man having opened a rift to yeah. other worlds. But... Well, I think
1: he remembers that part. He just doesn't remember who Peter Parker is, which yeah. is a good point. I forgot about that. I was sitting there, because that happened, and I was like, I thought he wasn't supposed to remember who Spider-Man Yeah, I he thought the
2: same, but he never says Peter Parker. He says yeah, Spider-Man. So and they asked him who he is, and he said it's some guy who slings, yeah. so...
1: That was a good catch. Yeah, that, that I'm glad that they, they kept up with that. But yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. Um the one the other thing was we talked about it, or maybe we didn't talk about it. I was talking to someone else. That is not for anybody who is listening and was quite wondering, the strange that he fights at the end of the movie is not the same Doctor Strange no. from What If. He clarified that. So I did not know that until I saw that interview. I wasn't sure, uh, but he clarified that as well. So anything else before we get out of here?
2: Dennis? Dr. Strange, The Multiverse Madness, top ten for you?
3: At least. Tune in Monday for Chris Harris. Yeah.
1: All right. We will talk to you guys again soon. Have a good weekend.
0: Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your on ready? I came like the wall line already. And he's the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honest. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Godly. Oh, they tackle them a 40 yards. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs> I can.